Today in the podcast, I have a wonderful gentleman by the name of Clark Hodge, who is the founder of Chase the Music, a, a beautiful nonprofit um, based in Colorado. And you can check out his website at chasethemusic.org. Now, just as we're beginning this episode, I think what will be very useful is to just read through the mission and vision for this nonprofit because it is an extremely emotionally charged, beautiful charity that on this podcast, I come across many stories, but this one has such resonance and it's just full of compassion. And these days we need that in our society. Clark says on his nonprofit website that the mission of Chase the Music is to have original music composed and performed for children battling critical illnesses. Now, I've learned since our last conversation that it's not only limited to children, but it's also adults as well. So it's it's focus. Main focus is children for sure, but it's adults as well. The vision for your nonprofit is that music with feeling is healing. We believe that for us to provide music to children that are facing health challenges, we are helping them get better. Families of these children are in need of support too. The musical gift helps them with their efforts in the situation. Friends are touched too. The musicians are a huge piece of this work. They are truly invested in the meaning underlying a chase the music piece. It's more than just notes on a page. The audience participates and not only enjoys the music, but feels its power building on its energy. After the premiere, the music is released into the wild. Future listeners and performers are touched by the music and by the story of its creation. The impact of Chase the Music is truly one where we don't know the true extent of the impact made. What we do see is that these projects and events are making a difference in many people's lives. We are convinced that what we don't see is like the iceberg analogy. Under the surface, Chase the Music is impacting many, many people. And Clark mentions a dream that the charity has. It is our dream that within only a few years, the Chase the Music name will be known and recognized worldwide as an organization doing amazing things for children, families, audiences, and musicians. In our dream, our kids will be playing the pieces composed for them and for their grandchildren. What a beautiful mission, vision, Mm. dream. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Sylvia. Now, there's something that I think was really fun. And you say this at the very beginning of your site. You say, no musical talent, just love the passion and have passion for it. So you don't play music yourself at all, but you just Mm. love it. No, I was a percussionist in high school and had the proud role of being the head triangle player. And after high school, I didn't pursue any musical instrument, but I always loved music. And And I I always felt this power. You've had performances in your own back garden for a number of years where you've had many performers present and held festivals. That must have been great fun. So. How did this nonprofit begin? Where did it originate from? So it started in in my backyard. I live in the mountains of Colorado, pretty remote. And my wife and I hosted a music, essentially a little private party. And it started off small as a little one-man reggae band. And it got bigger and bigger. And we would have upwards of 500 people. We built two stages so we could have 
live music continuously that with no set changes. And one of the years we were doing a chamber music event and that was different for us. Most of our music had been a little bit more popular country music, reggae, blues, rock, but we decided to do some classical music and a couple came Mike and Julie Thornton and Mike's the head of horns for CU Boulder and also the principal horn for the Colorado symphony and his wife, Julie, is also a flutist with the symphony. And they brought a little girl, Lauren, and she was just the cutest thing. And we played on the rocks together. And Mike and Julie, as part of the chamber orchestra, played just some wonderful music outside on the rocks. Mm-hmm. And about six months after the event, I got a, a phone call from the people that had originally introduced me that said that little Lauren had cancer. Oh, okay. And it just ripped me apart because I had not met them before the day they performed at my house, but they were the nicest family and didn't deserve that kind of news. And we were going to buy a a really cool teddy bear that some friends had given one to my son and he'd come from London and from the United States. How do you find, you know, a shop in London that sells teddy bears and find this teddy bear. And so we're working on that. And while we're doing that, we realized, every kid's got 25 teddy bears and every sick kid's probably got 50. They just keep Mm -hmm. multiplying. Mm -hmm. And so no matter how cool we thought Mr. Chubbs was, he probably wouldn't be Lauren's favorite teddy bear. Mm -hmm. I spent a couple of weeks trying to think what kind of a gift could we could find that would really have some meaning. And then this whole musical thing came together and said, well, what if we had an original piece composed just for Lauren? I had no idea what that meant. So I I reached out to a friend in the the music world. She's our local high school music instructor. And she's like, well, yeah, of course you can do that. And here's, I'll help because this is such a cool idea. And we worked through the process and we found a composer, uh, Clint Needham. And Clint said, Clint had just had twins, so you can imagine how busy he was. <laughs> and he was a young composer, just starting his career. Oh, my goodness. And he said, I have to do this for this family. Yeah. I can't imagine what they're going through. Mm-hmm. So we wrote a beautiful piece called Chase the Morning Sun. So you see the similarity in the names of mm-hmm. our organization and that original yeah. piece. And it was yeah. all about how when you have a tough day and you're going to bed and it's so difficult, and the, the pain, you look forward to a beautiful day the next morning. And we premiered the piece with a high, the local high school band. And it, it had flute and French horn solos to honor Lauren's parents. And she recognized those in her piece when we premiered it. She knew those were oh, mom and dad's instruments. Beautiful. beautiful. And this was music for her because she's growing up in a family with a lot of classical music she would spend the weekends at the rehearsal hall running up and down the aisles while mom and dad were performing. Yeah. And at the end of that very first piece, she looked up at me and said, Clark, I'm never going to stop smiling. And that was it. It's, just melted. It was, I was happy. I just felt mm. so good, but it was a one-time mm. thing. It wasn't, there was no thought of it being an organization. There was no thought yeah. of doing it again, but oh my gosh, it was so powerful. I don't know, children have a way of communicating that's so authentic and there's no periphery, like it's just direct and straight to the point that it melts you. So following that then, how did the charity come into being? 
because that was kind of the first step as to the awareness yeah. of, of this beautiful, compassionate energy. So I was working in high tech and okay. we ended up doing about a piece a year for the next three or four years after Lauren's piece. Cause I kept running into situations with other musicians and kids. And so the next piece was a jazz piece with a leading baseline and okay. Kim stone who performed with the Rippingtons and Spyro Gyra performed that piece for this son, you know, this son of a jazz bass player. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, you know, another year goes by, we do another piece and then another year goes by and I'm in a high tech and things are always changing and layoffs came oh, and I okay. got laid off. And it was okay. right about this time of year. It was right about Christmas time. Mm -hmm. And I made the decision that this meant more to me than talking about computers and disk drives and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I had, yeah. I tell people, you know, I never cried once in my high tech career and I never made anybody else cry. And that was a good thing. <laughs> and now I, I cry for every one of my kids and I make a lot of other people cry, but I make Lauren yeah. and all those kids smile. But it's, it's the memories that you're creating, but what, what's really impactful. And I think if people visit your website at chasethemusic.org, that they'll see just, it's just so imbued with compassion and empathy in a world that so really needs it. Um, now, how does it work? How does the charity work? Um, you meet a family, yeah. unfortunately, going through tough circumstances. And we know at this particular time of the year being Christmas and any time of the year for that matter, it's it's very difficult. It's very difficult, particularly where children are involved because they're sitting in a hospital room. It's kind of boring for them, really, for most of the time. And they're being prodded and picked at unfortunately, to try and get them better. So how do you start the process of getting music prepared for a really special time with them? Yeah, so it's, we consider we're putting together a puzzle okay. and it can start with the puzzle pieces are the child, of course, mm -hmm. the composer, the performers, the venue, the audience that we're going to bring, and then we always mix in love and magic. We want to take everything we do kind of over the top. So it can yeah. start with any one of those pieces. Mm -hmm. So if it starts with a child, we get to know that child a little bit mm -hmm. and know what their musical tastes are going to be yeah. and what turns them on, even if it's not musical. Mm -hmm. um, we did a beautiful piece for a little boy, Colton, and Colton has severe brain cancer. And but he's really into airplanes and flying. His grandparents own a little private airport. Okay. And so we had a big theatrical piece done for him. And that was done with Garrett Hope and Garrett together with Colton and the family. And they physically get together and they spend time together. So Garrett gets to know him. And he wrote this big piece about breaking through and breaking through his cancer. And it's called Boundary Layer. And then we had it choreographed to aerobatic flight and the premiere, we had dual premieres. We had an outdoor premiere where it was performed at a 4th of July in the U S oh, wow. our independence day he air show. So excited. He must oh my God. It's so, excited. it's so big. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. And then we got to follow on with a live performance by the university of Nebraska's orchestra. Yeah. And so to have, you know, 90 performers live on stage for this and that something big orchestra sound yes. was so amazing. 
Yeah, and that works for Colton, but it can go just the opposite direction where we do something very small and intimate, Mm -hmm. where it's just, uh, you know, I'll give an example of a boy, Mitchell, and Mitchell had attempted suicide and was severely brain damaged and was going to live his his life out, severely brain damaged. And his family was very musical, but they weren't ready to be public about what had happened in their family. Mm -hmm. So we had a singer, a solo singer songwriter perform his piece inside the home. So it was Mm -hmm. just with close family members and Mitchell's best friends that were in attendance for that. My goodness, that's so So, touching. So that's That's, the big thing about what we do is we have to match the children with the composer, with the artists and the place, everything kind of has to align perfectly. Mm. And it has to work not just for the child, but also for the, our musicians. Yes. Because I always joke, you know, I can't have someone who specializes and loves writing nursery rhyme music for, you know, one to three-year-olds doing a headbanger piece for an 18-year-old. Yes. Yeah. I know yeah. what you mean. It yeah. has to kind of suit the situation. And one thing that you mentioned to me as well in the, our previous conversation is that how artists are treated very fairly through this process, because I hear stories of many artists being asked by people and they mean well, oh, would you mind playing for me? Or would you mind creating something? But they never think that an artist has expenses to consider, that it's actually their job, it's their time. So can you speak to that of how the artists are, you know, sustained through this process of creation? Yeah. So our goal is to pay our artists at what what I consider retail. Mm-hmm. So the the thing is, if, if we're going to do a piece maybe for 50 people and for a child, if it's me coming to the artist saying, hey, this I want you to do this for, for a boy with autism. And then the same day Coca-Cola comes and says, we'd like you to do a piece for a small sales meeting for us. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to have to say, wait a minute, money's tight on rent this month and how are we going to pay the bill it's the same amount of work whether it's sugar water or for for my friend with autism so yeah um Mm -hmm. that's important to us that we we work hard to compensate our musicians Mm -hmm. it's not a typical volunteer thing i mean a lot of nonprofits have volunteer opportunities where you just kind of jump in for an hour or two and you collect tickets or do something like that I'm asking these performers and these songwriters, composers, choreographers to jump in with their hearts and they're going to spend a lot of time and a lot of emotional effort. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's so true. I just wanted to say that, you know, artists in general, the real true authentic artist is really working at their spirit soul level to produce something of such magnificence, mm-hmm. really. And I don't think yeah. maybe many people don't even realize that, that it takes a lot of effort and time, consideration and obviously creativity to bring something special to the table. So that's it's wonderful to hear that. Yeah. Now, how is the charity funded? Um, I know nonprofits all over the place <laughs> say donations, please. <laughs> but like, where does your funding come from? Um, we're working on that. So we're yeah. in the process of building a new board. Um, this has been, I don't want to call it a hobby project because I've been doing it full time, mm-hmm. but we're working on a funding model where individual donations, corporate sponsorships, mm-hmm. foundational grants, we're okay. looking in the longer term about some earned income because we 
keep some of the rights. The artist owns the music, but they also grant us some rights to use that music. Okay. okay. So the concepts of being able to do, you know, a CD or a playlist, a pay, paid playlist kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah, like maybe a membership run. site or something yeah. like this just yeah. to generate income. And what is the plan for the charity going forward? I mean, you have a big dream. You, I think you wanted to go worldwide, have impact worldwide. Yeah. So, that's, yeah, that's that's our dream is that we take this globally because mm -hmm. there's kids and musicians across the world that the kids need it and the musicians yeah. We love our musicians and, and they love working with us because we give them, you know, some beautiful children to work with and some beautiful music to write yeah, and give yeah. to the world. Um, and so I, I, and... You know, I picture us have being on every continent. Uh, yeah. Funny one, there, I didn't realize this. I've been saying this and then somebody said, well, you can't do Antarctica because there's no kids that live in, on Antarctica by treaty, but there's yeah. kids that go there as tourists. So yes. I'm, I'm picturing at some point, we're going to do a penguin piece. Oh, uh, that'd be fun. That'd be, yeah. Kids would love yeah. that. Yeah. But I would encourage anyone to visit your website over at chasethemusic.org where, you know, you'll read some of these heart wrenching testimonials from parents and loved ones of the child involved in, in a special event. And it's, it's just, so beautiful. And you also have a YouTube channel, which I was actually going through myself today, where you have, I'm just looking over my other computer here, you have a full performance called Amber Full Performance. And there was a beautiful gentleman there, a Native American, um, who was speaking and playing pieces of music. Can you just tell us about that story? How did that come about? Yeah, that one was, we had two performers there. One a uh, gentleman called Red Spirit, who's a Navajo Indian, and then Heidi K. Begay, who's a, a classical flutist. Okay. And we had an original piece of music, flute music composed and performed for her. her. She's a developmentally delayed young Navajo girl mm -hmm. living in a tough, tough time. Her father, unfortunately, passed on literally probably two weeks before our original performance date. So we had mm -hmm. to, to push it back. Okay. And he was an amazing man and was so looking forward to this gift for his little girl. Oh, um, yeah. But it was really meaningful to put the two different flutes together. Yeah. And that's... the stories of the music and the different cultures, because Amber lived in two cultures. She lived in a, in a, you know, an American white culture. And she also lived in her Navajo Native American Indian culture. Yeah. And loved both of them. And they were both active in both cultures. So musically, she really appreciated the effort that we went to to find what was special for her. That's beautiful. I would recommend anyone to visit your YouTube channel. And the links will be in Thank the you. description below for people to click forward. Um. Can the children be involved in the creation project? Because I think of a child in a hospital bed, I'm just envisioning it, what it's like for them. They're sitting there, they're sick, they may come home out of that for a period of time. They may be in long-term care at home. And therefore, do you kind of encourage the artist to get to know the child and spend time with them, maybe beyond the creation project, as it were, to just make it really special for the child that may only have a time to live even. Yeah. So our kids, 
we, we do children battling critical conditions mm -hmm. and that can be terminal illness, severe injury, debilitating syndromes, major mental crisis. So it's a wide spectrum of children mm -hmm. and the kids can be of any age. Our definition of child is anyone with a childlike spirit. So while officially yeah. we don't do adults, our oldest so far is Teddy. And Teddy was a 44-year-old boy with Down syndrome, yeah. and he needed a song. And yeah. he got a great song. Fantastic. So putting things together that fit is important. Mm -hmm. And as the artist gets together with the child, either the composer or the, the, the songwriter or the choreographer, because we also... I didn't, mentioned, but we also do dance pieces. We're looking mm -hmm. forward in the future, doing a theater, musical theater piece. Oh, so it can be a lot of different types of people that are going to be interacting with a child to get to yeah. know them. Yeah. And in about 20% of our pieces, the child is part of the piece and it can be just coming up on stage to, to do some percussion. Um, oh, that's one of our little girls fab. actually was was a young cellist and she had a group of university students that were her musicians and they came and said hey we're going to be writing this song for you she says no i want to <laughs> write the song and she wrote the song and she wrote the song herself into the song with the university students supporting her so oh, it fabulous. really can it's whatever works for the kids yeah, and the music you're just open to any form of creativity and how that happens Yep. It's it's just a yep. wonderful story. And um, I just everyone just click on the link below in the show description to go over to chasethemusic.org. And if you can donate, you know, just think of this charity because they're doing wonderful stuff. Now, Clark, you have some interesting stuff online and you have been <laughs> responsible for a Guinness World Record. What was that about? So I live in a, a little town of about 2000 people and yeah. we did an annual festival and I had a, a brand new neighbor move in next door and he was an etch-a-sketch artist and I came over and he shows me he's got dozens of beautiful etch-a-sketches he's got the Mona Lisa on an etch-a-sketch that he's done and all kinds of crazy things I'm like we have to do something you know I'm very community oriented and I love art and, and this is a good kid thing and we called Guinness up and said, hey, we want to do this. And here's our proposal. Yeah. And we think we can get 100 people together to all Etch-A-Sketch the same thing at the same time. And they said, that's not good enough. You have to have at least 250. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is just a little town. <laughs> and we set out to go and do it. And we ended up with a Guinness World Record with 372 people all Etch-A-Sketching one of the local mountains, a very iconic looking mountain that's right here. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. Oh, that's fun. Um, and I mean, you just have a love for kids. It just yeah. oozes through you. And you mentioned here in your notes about tall ships. Now, tall ships, I have heard, yeah. are fantastic for community development, getting children to work together. Just this whole experience. Tell us about your story with tall ship um, experiences. Yeah, so and that that's actually got a neat musical take to it too because that was important but yeah. for three years while my kids were in high school we brought children out to california to teach them how to sail 150 156 foot 
about 50 meter three masted tall ship. Oh my and goodness, how exciting. Yeah. They were the goal is by the end of the week, they totally sail the ship on their own. Fantastic. And the adults that are there are only there to prevent any kind of an injury. So it's just yeah. we were there just as safety monitors. Yeah. But yeah. those kids there's a reason that pirates have one arm and one leg and one eye. <laughs> um it's yeah. dangerous. And yeah, yeah. these kids get out there and they work so hard and they work together. And the musical side was they part part of the big thing is this whole community on the ship. And when you work on a ship, you're putting a lot of effort in and music mm -hmm. can help get everybody, you know. Yeah, like the old the sea shanty. Yeah, the, the old, sea shanty yeah. music. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. each of the teams would always write their own sea shanties because, yes, you could use an old sea shanty and they learned a number of those, yeah. but even better to write your own. Fabulous. And become Fabulous. part of that. I bet you that must so be such it's, a special memory for so all of those. Good memories. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness, yeah. I've heard great stories of young people in that environment and how it just really it's just a beautiful thing. Beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Now you say you live on a hilltop and you've got a hilltop yeah. location in Italy. Now I'm wondering, um, you say here that you spend <laughs> four to five months in Italy, but Italy is a very different country from America. And what kind of contrasts have you seen? Because we've had the COVID pandemic. We've had huge issues with immigration here in Europe, you know, of people when Syria was at war, people were coming into Italy from Syria. And now you've all this Ukrainian stuff going on. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about what you've seen in Italy as opposed to America, the contrast thereof. Oh, yeah, it's... Italy's been very life changing for me, and I encourage. Mm -hmm. I have, I actually have a, a little blog that I do every once in a while about finding your own Italy. And for okay. me, Italy was Italy, but for other people, it might be Japan, or mm -hmm. it might just be the national park that's you know thirty minutes down the road. Is getting yourself and engaging yourself yeah. there. Yeah. Um. It's just a a beautiful place with an amazing history and a sense of community and long-term it's it's interesting you know america's a place where people chase and they fall they they're following a dream and they're, yes. they'll, they'll they'll go every anywhere and then you know in two years if they haven't found it they'll go someplace else and yes. it's very much a migration migratory uh kind society. of society mm -hmm. whereas yeah. in italy there's been migrations but they all come home. So mm -hmm. it's very, they've, they've left over the last, you know, 50, 60 years to find jobs and, and employment and a better way to live or, you know, a better financial mm -hmm. situation, but they all come home to that community. And it's true all across Italy. So I, I have stay in a place up and I'm my, I'm a mountain guy. So I love my little hilltop yeah. village there, yeah. but I also visit a lot of places in Italy and you you see it a lot in their art and their festivals mm -hmm. and how they bring people together. Um, so would you say this whole notion of kind of a strong community and family connection and what that means probably is what you've seen there and it's impacted you? Yep, very much so, very much yeah, so. Yeah. And I love bringing that into Chase the Music too, is how do we add that love and music into every one of our events yes, that can bring people yeah into the community of this child but isn't community 
community is so important because even through COVID and all the rest of it, I think it hits so many people across the globe about the importance of their local community, as opposed mm-hmm. to being migratory, moving away, not being connected, that it really brought people back yeah. to their roots, as it were. It's yeah. been an interesting transition to watch. Now, you have a very funny website and <laughs> this um, episode is aired just before <laughs> Christmas. So if you have time on Christmas Day and you want to laugh, I would suggest you visit this website. It is called gasson.toot.com. The link will be in the description below. Tell us about this. This is pure fun, pure fun. So, um, yes, thank you. And I think this is the first time we've really talked about this. Um in a big public way. I mean, it's out on the internet, but I've never been interviewed about it. It is fun. So Gazentut, and it kind of sounds like Gesundheit, the German, and I won't translate it properly, but I use it as, I forgive you for sneezing. Gazentut is an important word that doesn't exist in the English language. And I don't know about other languages, but it means I forgive you for farting. (laughs) And it's one of those situations where, People don't know what to say, and That's they'll right, either suffer yeah. in silence. They'll try and make a joke, and or they get very embarrassed. Gives, they get very embarrassed. This gives them a nice, polite way to say, "I forgive you." For yeah, that, what it's you an extremely <laughs> humorous website. So, for your Christmas fun this year, visit that website. The link will be in the description below. Thank you. Well, <laughs> you say another it's, thing, and I think this is really just to complete this interview. This is really um, a touching sentence, and you say, "I literally cry for every kid that you've touched or been in contact with that's going through something, or even the family." I'm sure. Yeah. And um, again, I'll just remind people just to go to your nonprofit site, which is chasethemusic.org and just read the testimonials, get familiar with this whole charity. And if you've some money this Christmas to spare, just, just make a small donation. I'm sure any donation really would be welcome in this arena. So Chase the Music likes to think of our donors as impresarios. And impresario is an Italian word, and it's a person who finances and produces original music and that's what's really cool about contributing to chase the music is it's not just writing a check but it's something that you get to create and that's something that will last forever with you thank you for coming on the podcast and it's been a wonderful story to learn of and if there's any new developments happening with your nonprofit, come back to us and we'll tell people about it and it's so the music is so healing. And I'll, I'll I'll tell one quick story about little Katie that we did a, a performance for a number of years ago. And Katie passed on just this last summer, and mm-hmm. she was just such a special girl. And I know her family played her music over and over again while Katie was alive. And when Katie was sad, she would go in her room and her mom would hear her music. Her song was Mm -hmm. called Katie's Run. It was about a ski run. And she would hear her play and then she'd come out and she said, yeah, my music makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And I know when Katie passed on, I probably listened to her song a hundred times. And I think for all of us, self-care is important. And music is a good way to do that. Chase the Music creates hope strength love and joy through the power of music yeah it's it's wonderful and i mean there's been there there's so many 
writings, probably a thesis at this point written on the whole healing effects of music. There's TEDx talks, mm -hmm. music therapy, mm -hmm. sure. I mean, that whole that whole field of work is investigating this now for the last number of decades. So it's it's a very important charity. And um, again, just to remind people, the website is chasethemusic.org. And thank you so much yeah. for coming on today. Sophia, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day and I hope you always chase the music.